Hello, hello, my writing friends. It is officially season four of About This Writing Thing, a bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, novelist, Sayward B. Eller, and tomorrow is June 8th, 2023, which is Women's Fiction Day. And in celebration of Women's Fiction Day, I have invited two of my good friends, Carrie Chappett and Maggie Giles, onto the show today to talk about the genre, women's fiction, what the definition exactly is, <laughs> how we feel about it, and also the changing landscape of the genre. So, without further ado, let's get into it. So I want to welcome to the show today my friends, Carrie Chaffet, who is the award-winning author of the Defying the Crown series, and this is, of course, historical fiction, <laughs> and also Maggie Giles. Maggie, you have, uh, Twisted is coming out in September, is that right? And you also have two previous releases, right? I have one previous release, um, The Things We Lost, which is a women's fiction suspense. So we all know our women's fiction here, <laughs> and that is what we're here to talk about because tomorrow, June 8th, is Women's Fiction Day. So a very happy Women's Fiction Day to all. <laughs> I thought what we would start out doing, because everybody has such a difficult time with this particular thing like even we're we're all members of the women's fiction writers association and even the wfwa doesn't have a clear definition for what women's fiction is so i thought we could try to define it for my listeners <laughs> so what how would you define women's fiction well i obviously because i write in the historical space i be a little bit different for me um and I kind of disagree with some of the descriptions that I've seen where they say it can be a male protagonist and it can be all these other things. It just has to center around the emotional arc of the protagonist. And I'm like, well, isn't that all fiction should be focusing on the emotional arc of, of the protagonist? So it's hard for me to just differentiate. I like reading female protagonist. I, I am drawn to that. I look for it. And so for me, women's fiction is a label that I look for to discuss more women's issues and women's stories, which, um, yes, technically it can be other things, but I have yet to see a women's fiction book with a male protagonist. I'm sure they're out there. I just have never come across one. Maggie? I think that's super interesting because that's where like I do differ. So I would say that I feel pretty strongly about the WFWA definition where, for me, women's fiction is centered around a character that does this complete emotional arc, starting from one place and ending in another. And that person can be male, can be female, can be non-binary, um, kind of can be anything. And the reason I, I say that is because, yes, you're not wrong here, that most fiction is about this emotional arc, but there is a lot of fiction out there that is what we call plot-driven fiction, which really like isn't... thriller a, or... Yeah. Sometimes thriller, but just a, there aren't stories out there where the plot is really the main focus, not so much the character's journey. And the one thing with women's fiction that I think stands out is that it is so focused on this character getting from point A and point B, it almost doesn't even matter what happens to them during this time as long as they have this growth and have this journey. And they are really the one pushing the plot forward where... Not all fiction is character-driven like that. 
And I, that is what women's fiction has been for me because I write very character driven, conflict driven books. And for me, women's fiction has always been this, this very character driven, conflict driven stories that you may start out as one person, but in the end, you've gone through this whole emotional change and you're not a completely different person, but you're on your way to being somebody new. Of course, I prefer when, I don't want to say I prefer because I do read stories in all different perspectives, but I tend to gravitate more to those that are told from the more feminine perspective, whether it's, um, I don't really know how to, how to say it, but in a more feminine sphere is where I tend to gravitate to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, um, say where you and I probably feel the same way on this, it's not necessarily the feminine stories, it's the, we have been inundated with white male cis characters mm -hmm. our entire lives. So it's that need to have something else and to have other people's stories told. Um, and because I study history and I write about women's history, the stories have been erased, I'm constantly looking for more historical stories about people that were not white, straight men, right? Um, and so that's, for me, where women's fiction has been this nice opener, um, because even if it's not necessarily feminine, but a different take on, you know, what we have generally seen as a male-driven world of stories, mm -hmm. um, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and I think the big thing, too, that especially, you know, I've been with WFWA since they launched in 2014, so it's in, you know, in, we're going into our 10th year, sorry, 2013, going into our 10th year. And um, that's something that I've also really seen. Like, there's been a lot of growth with the genre. It's something that really, really, like, 10 years ago, we probably all would have agreed. Female protagonists, women's issues, uh, this is sort of what we expect to see in a story. And since then, it's a definition that really has changed and molded with the world, like, which we would kind of hope. And I love that you say that about historical fiction, Carrie, because same, like I started writing in historical and I wrote a story about Anne Boleyn just because I, I'm obsessed with her. And I was just like, I write historical fiction. And then it never occurred to me that I was writing historical women's fiction until I sort of got more into the genre and into the group. And then I discovered WFWA. And it was really neat to kind of see like, oh yeah, like I am telling a story in history, but I am focusing on who this character was at the beginning and who she was sure. at the end. Um, and it never really occurred to me that that was its own genre. So it's been very interesting seeing the, the women's fiction genre kind of evolve and change and, and be evolvable. And I'm curious, I have a question for you, Sayward, because it, what you described as women's fiction that you write, very character-driven, what's interesting to me is, you know, with you being on submission and, um, in that world, they've not pushed you towards women's fiction. They've pushed you towards more upmarket literary, which I find yes. that's what they talk about with character-driven stories now. And so women's fiction sort of getting lost in the landscape. Yes, exactly. That's when I, when I joined WFWA in 2019, I thought, okay, this is finally where I'm, this is where I belong. I write stories for women about women. Women's fiction is my, my thing, but then, like Maggie said, it's ever-evolving. So women's fiction has, when I joined, it was very women-centered. 
but it has evolved, especially during the pandemic. We saw a lot of evolution, but you're right, Carrie. I, I marketed my first book that I signed with my agent with, I marketed it to her as women's fiction. But when we had it out on submission, she was putting it out as upmarket and general fiction. So it is, I guess that's where, why the landscape is now changing ever more and kind of phasing out the women's fiction label is because those stories, while they are about the conflicts and uh, about the conflicts of feminine presenting people, they are also conflicts that everyone can identify with. It's not sure. just those of us identifying as women who can really see themselves as these characters and see themselves in these stories. So yes, you are absolutely right. I have been, I am in the upmarket sphere now, whereas I thought I would be in the women's fiction sphere. But it was sort of decided for you, which I find interesting. Yes. So, and then you've got all these subgenres, right? You've got like chiclet and you've got all these other ones that are they getting pushed to other areas or are they solidly in one section? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, too, because, you know, as I said before, I write women's fiction with suspense. That's sort of been my lean to the thriller suspense angle. And I have had regular women's fiction readers who want leader women's fiction not relate to the book nearly as much. And I think the other thing with you, Sayward, and you're going on submission, and I know that we've seen within the industry with publishers' marketplace, getting rid of the term and that sort of thing, is the reality of kind of our world today is that we're moving away from genderized names. True. Yeah. So that's another thing with women's fiction is that this genre was so relevant once upon a time that now just having a women's fiction specified genre makes sense anymore. Like that's sort of a big thing that we're talking about, especially in this world of, you know, gender identity mm -hmm. that we're really exploring these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things. Like, I want to talk today about the pros and cons of this this evolution because Publishers Weekly did announce that they were doing away with the women's fiction label. I've also heard other publishers are doing away with it, and some agents aren't even putting out that they want women's fiction anymore. It's upmarket or mainstream fiction. So. I would love for us to discuss the pros and cons of this. And I think for me, one of the big pros, Maggie, that you brought up is that it's more inclusive now. It's, it's a more inclusive community because we're not just saying this, these are stories that only women can identify with because what is woman now? We, we all identify differently when it comes to being a woman and then some of us don't identify with being a woman at all so we want to make sure that we include all of those people and that they're all able to enjoy our stories so that's why I really loved that you brought that up Maggie because I think that's one of the big pros of this new kind of evolution that we're seeing for sure yeah I think that's a really great way to put it too and you know and as I said like from the thriller standpoint like it is very interesting speaking to people because I kind of say yeah my book is women's fiction with suspense 
And I've had male readers that they're like, well, this doesn't only appeal to women. I'm like, I know, and that's yeah. not what the genre means, but I get where that connotation comes from and why people feel that way. Um, but it is, like, there's times that I go and I promote my book, and just depending on who I talk to, I may just call it a suspense novel. Mm, yeah. And I think I'm okay with, gosh, I hope I'm not going to upset anyone here. I'm okay with moving away from the women's fiction label for these reasons. And I think it, it was necessary when it was created because you had male dominated stories and then you have people, readers that really want um, more diverse outlooks. But then as well, like I can read a great thriller and really love it. But sometimes I'm burning for a little bit more character and a little bit more growth. And I'm like, oh, if I could have had that, like, fast read with a layer of character growth, it would have been perfect. And so I think the women's fiction label kind of allowed a way into this very male-dominated space um, and created a little bit more, um, I don't know, nuanced, sophisticated stories in, in certain ways. Um, but... I love your point, Maggie, about moving away from these gender labels and, um, you know, being inclusive. And so but the thing is, like, where do we fall then? Like, yes, okay, I can fall in historical fiction. Um, and you can generally tell from, from like, a cover and a title uh, if it's going to be more women-focused or more male-focused. But then, like you said, now we're telling all sorts of diverse stories from history, not just men and women. So, um, you know... The whole point in the beginning is that we never called it men's fiction, right? Exactly. And then you come in with women's fiction. Yes. So why can't it all just be fiction? Yes. And I, when I started, when I started writing way back in the dinosaur age, I was pigeonholed as a romance writer because I am a woman. Uh, and I dealt with that through the early aughts. So it wasn't until after 2010 that whenever I would say I'm a writer and people would automatically assume that I was writing romance. At that point, even I was like, maybe I am writing romance. I don't know what I'm doing. What What's happening here? So because I was a woman, because I am a woman, <laughs> I was, it was generally assumed that I was writing romantic fiction. And I was like, I love chiclet. I will read me some chiclet, but I don't write chiclet and I don't write romance. I write something that is, I'm not saying that romance shouldn't be respected because it totally is respected. And if it's not, it should be respected because, I mean, it's the biggest selling genre of fiction there is. So come on. But it's hard to. <laughs> it wasn't. And they're voracious readers. Like, yes. I look at those authors and go, please, are under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel bad for the for the indie for the self published I say indie um, romance authors because they are under such a pressure to just keep pumping out and pumping out and pumping out and pumping out and to me and this is a completely different podcast episode that leads to early burnout and not you don't have the longevity of a career that you hope to have so like I said that's a totally different thing from what we're discussing but. Back to what you had said, Carrie, it was such a male-dominated field 
that if you were if you were a woman, it was automatically assumed that you were writing fluffy romance that only women would would be uh, would be drawn to. When in fact, women have been reading serious literature throughout since the beginning of the the fiction genre. So, um, but yeah, that's totally that was one reason why I wanted to hold so tight to the women's fiction label because it was ours. It was finally something that was for us. We were distinguished away from the male writers, but at the same time, here we have this whole new world where we're trying to be inclusive and we're trying to say to everybody, my story is your story. Your story is my story. So, I mean, it, it, it's got, it's got a couple of cons, but I think we're mostly pro here. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, the one thing I really have loved and I've always loved about the women's fiction genre is that, especially the WSWA, when I pick up a WSWA author book, I, I just get a million different things. I get a suspense read. I get a historical read. I get a romance read. I get a fantasy read. Like, there's so many subgenres within this genre in itself, so it makes it just such a unique um, genre to follow. And, you know, for someone who's not really, like, I'm not really a sci-fi reader. I'm not a huge fantasy reader. I read romance on occasion. A lot of books I'd probably miss out on if they weren't classified as women's fiction because I probably wouldn't have picked them up. Exactly. Well, and that goes to the whole question of, really, genre is just for marketing, right? That's yes. all that it is. Because we all kind of need an identity. And it's interesting because I was all historical fiction, my whole world, that's what I wrote, that's what I read, um, and then it was historical women's fiction, and I was all in on that, and then now I've stepped into historical fantasy, and I'm like, okay, so I want to write the stories that come to me, and they're going to cross spaces, but I feel like in order to really excel in your career, you kind of have to pick a lane, and really keep working in that lane, and um, so the genres are helpful for that purpose, but as a writer, I don't feel like I think that much about it. I just, I, I do in, in some sense. You have to think about the tropes, and if I'm writing YA versus the culture, of course, I'm going to think about that. Most part of the stories just come to me as they come to me, and I fought the YA label for a long time. So I was like, I don't write YA. I'm an adult writer. I'm an adult writer. And then you start talking to agents. They're like, this is YA. It's like, oh, okay, YA. Uh, and now I'm all in, and I'm, I'm fine with it. But it's so interesting how we do have this idea that, oh, well, young adult is, you know, not what I write. It's like, really, there's some amazing YA stories out there. I just, in my head, thought, oh, those are for 15-year-olds, not for 40-something. And it's all marketing. Yeah. I was really sad to see the new adult label leave because I, I thought it was really important because, you know, you think young adult, I do think up to 18, 19 years old. And then new adult, they're, they have their whole, this whole other world of stuff that yeah. they're dealing with. And, but you know, it is what it is and labels go away. <laughs> right. And change as we see, right? Exactly. So, Matthew, what do you think is going to happen in the future with the women's fiction label? So, yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting thing to sort of see happen. Right now, WSWA uh, is working to see if it makes sense to change some of our branding to see if there's a way that we could move away from 
specifying women's fiction in our name or specifying the specific gender role. The, the thing that's tough is that most of WSWA and most women's fiction writers are passionate about the genre that they write yeah. and yeah. they want to own that label. And it's honestly like within the 10 years that I've been with this um, organization, I have to say the people who fight against the WSW or like the women's fiction label are few and far between. There's people who fight against it because sometimes it gets confused as chiclet and that can be very different. Although chiclet can also fall under the women's fiction umbrella. Um, so I'm, I'm honestly very interested to see. I think the reality is that with Publishers Marketplace making the decision that they did, I wouldn't be surprised to see more and more people moving away from the genre label. I don't know if it will ever disappear within the industry for good because so many people within the industry know what it means and or have an idea of what it means and will still continue to use it and figure out how to market it. I can see newer people coming into the industry, dropping the term, deciding to refer to it as something else because the reality is, is that every single women's fiction novel out there probably could be given another genre label, whether it's historical, whether it's contemporary, whether it's right. market, thriller, romance. So I think that's sort of the reality of it. Um, and I mean, as we know, it's never been a bookstore label. It's never been a shelf in, in, in every bookstore you go to. I, you know, I get uh, classified under suspense or thriller or just general fiction. Usually, uh, most sites won't put me as women's fiction unless it's, uh, I want to say Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be very interesting to see because, you know, I myself, I, people have said, they're like, what would you call it? But it's really tough to say because the umbrella that it covers is huge. And there are people in WSWA who write women's fiction, but we write completely different books. So without women's fiction would we even fall into the same group? Well, yeah, because we're writing the same character arc and, and uh, growth that we're trying to write, but at the same time, like, no, because I fall under suspense and they fall under historical or, or whatnot. But there, is, there is a, I don't know, um, similarity there. Like, all of my good writer friends I've met through WFWA, and it doesn't matter whether I'm reading one of their contemporary or upmarket or you name it, I've read across the board, there is a connection there that we all seem to share, not just in our stories, but just as human beings. And I find that really interesting because I feel like I have linked with this group um, so much. And like my critique partners are through WFWA and they're amazing. And um, so there, there is a commonality with all of us, I feel like. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Now, do you think with this shift that some books and some authors will be lost in the shuffle with this changing of genres? Like, you have um, just straight women's fiction. We'll say it's, um, it, it's, it's just a women's fiction novel. It's not suspense or romance or anything. It's just a story about a woman who has an emotional journey. Do you think by losing this, this special tag that 
books like that might be lost in the under the the general fiction kind of tab because there will be it will be it seems like there will be a, such an overflow of books being put into the general fiction category that might have been distinguished as women's fiction. Do you think that's a danger? I, I absolutely think that's a danger. I think industry-wise, those books, any sort of well-written good story itself is not going to get lost because of the women's fiction genre going. But literally, that just doubles down on the point that I made. I picked up books that I would have never picked up because of the women's fiction label. So there were certainly going to be other readers that maybe wouldn't have picked up a romance or a fantasy or historical because they're thinking it's straight into the genre that they're not looking for or exactly the point that Carrie made earlier about a thriller or suspense is that they don't realize that there's that growth in the book or that emotional growth, character growth that they're really looking for because it's getting lost in this more general, general genre label. Yeah. So maybe there's a way to expand, and I know that, Maggie, you're working on this with WFWA, a way to expand the label to include everyone that we want to include, but still designate that, hey, these are stories that are character-driven, they're conflict-driven, these are stories that are going to make you settle in and you know, really get into the story. It's not something that you're going to zip through in a day and forget about the next day. And and I'm not trying to put down main fiction category, uh, main mainstream fiction, because I do read a lot of it. But I I like the label women's fiction because I know what I'm going to get from it. Like you both said earlier, I know what I'm going to get from a women's fiction novel. I'm going to get those really deep really deep character-driven stories that aren't a lot of pomp that I get when I read literary fiction, which is very frustrating yeah. for me nowadays. Yeah, so me too. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, this is no knock on literary, like my uh, close friend and key partner loves literary and he's being non-linear and her and I just have such completely different tastes, but I don't understand it. I go to read literary and I'm like, don't know what they're trying to get me to understand it's just not my cup of tea. I need a plot, you know, like a solid, you know, through line yeah. that I can hold on to. Um, and literary kind of now is shifting away from that plot entirely. It's just yeah. not linear. It's usually kind of poetic. And it's very self-indulgent. Sometimes it is for me. Yes. It's just not, it's not my cup of tea, but, um, you know, and again, it's not a knock on that. It's just not my yeah, exactly. taste. Yeah. But there is, that used to be, literary was, the focus mm -hmm. was on the emotional growth and the character development. So I, I do, that is one sad thing, that um, women's fiction can still have these really solid, meaty plots and have the character growth. So I feel like a lot of this is getting pushed into the market and book club. Yeah, I think so too. I think the, I, one thing that I've thought is, book club fiction will eventually gobble up women's fiction because they are yeah. so similar. That's true. So yeah, I guess, I can see that. so I guess if everybody does decide to phase out the women's fiction label, then we just start looking at book club. 
<laughs> right? Possibly. But, you know, I think, you know, the really great thing about this is that it's a constant conversation. And even in WFWA, we're constantly discussing, we've been discussing the definition of women's fiction since we launched. And, you know, we, we have this as a topic. What is the future of women's fiction for uh, the upcoming conference in Chicago? And I believe it's two agents that we have kind of leading that discussion. So very, it'll be very interesting to kind of see them on the business side of the genre and how they kind of see the future of WFWA. Well, I hope that y'all will fill me in because I'm not able to go to Chicago. But um, I, I trust that you will all fill me in when you come back from the conference. I just want to carry you around on FaceTime like you're like... We can be like, like, we can be like, plus one everywhere I go. I'll be like, hi. Check up on an iPad. (laughs) That might be something we need to talk about. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, we are out of time. So I want to thank you both for joining me today for this special episode for Women's Fiction Day. And I hope that you both have a great afternoon. You too, Sarah. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Bye. That's all I have for you this week. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Carrie Chappett and Maggie Giles. If you have any opinions or you just want to have a little chat about women's fiction and what the genre means to you, feel free to leave a comment on wherever you're listening to this podcast. And you can also drop me a line if you go to my website, saywordbeller.com. I am, of course, going to link Carrie's website as well as Maggie's website below. And I'll also link the WFWA website for those of you who may not be a member. And you may be looking for that group that you would fit in with and I think that the WFWA is a great organization so that is all for this week I hope you'll join us again or join me again on June 21st when I speak with Joanna Monahan. she is a fantastic contemporary women's fiction author whose debut will be out June 20th so until next time take care and keep writing